Hello and welcome to the Empowered Woman podcast. This is your host, Pastor Dapoli Pidi, welcoming you to another edition. On today's edition, I have with me Nick Yaksic. He is a pastor and he's married to an empowered woman. I am, yes. Welcome to this podcast, Nick. I am so excited to be on this podcast. I'm glad you're here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I remember when I first talked to you about this and I said, Nick, would you do an um, interview on a podcast? Yeah. And um, you asked me what it was about. And I said, it's about the empowered woman. Uh And your response was, I like it. I'm married to one. Yes, I am am married to an empowered woman. You are married to an empowered (laughs) woman. (laughs) So let me start by asking you, when we talk about the empowered woman, what does that mean to you? For you to say you are married to an empowered woman, you must have something in mind. Yeah. Um, So for for me at least... um, you know, when when we're talking about a woman being empowered, I I, I think of a woman who knows who she is mm. in Christ Jesus, Amen. and that's how she operates is from her identity. Identity. Um, so that that to me is that that's an empowered woman. That's the best way I can describe it, at least. Okay. So, so an empowered woman is a strong woman. Oh yeah. oh yeah. She does not hesitate to face challenges. She's she she she's ready and willing to take challenges headlong. For sure. She. She's not perfect. Right. By any means, she's not perfect. But she does know her worth. Yeah. She knows who she is. I like to talk about women as cakes. I describe women as cakes. Mm-hmm. I make cakes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Women are delicately but carefully crafted, just like the cake. Yeah. They're beautiful inside and out. Mm-hmm. Um, no two cakes are the same. No. You know. No. Not, even if you have two chocolate cakes, they're not the they're same. totally different. Yeah. Totally, completely different. So tell me, um, your wife is an empowered woman. Yeah. What kind of cake is she? <laughs> so I, I, I would describe her as a Chantilly cake. Wow. Um, so, I mean, she loves Chantilly cake first. So that's okay. like her absolute favorite cake. Nice. I like um, it too. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's awesome. Um, I can't eat too much of it because, you know, I like to keep my finger for her. Oh. So, <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I try not to eat too much of it. But she's, uh, uh, she's definitely Chantilly. So that's like, you know, she, she's sweet. Um, she's, she's wonderful. Um, uh, very nice. Uh, looks beautiful. But she's just different, man. She'll she'll uh, she'll throw you a surprise, and uh, that that Chantilly cake to me, when she ex- described it to me and brought it home for the first time, mm-hmm. I had never had Chantilly cake before. I took a bite of it. I was like, "What is this? I never had it." And so for her, like, I think she's just she's so unique, um, and honestly, just powerful, and she's amazing. So that's how. I'd say Chantilly cake is the best way I can describe her. Okay, yeah, that's yeah. good. I love Chantilly cake that's too. <laughs> I love the Chantilly berry cake. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes, yep, that's yep. my favorite. Um, not just the plain Chantilly cake is what I mean. So she has so, like the strawberries. Well, yes, like the berries the on top. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, the yeah, berries yeah, on top exactly. and in the middle of the cake. Yeah, yep, so exactly. Yep. she comes to you nicely packaged. Yeah. Yeah, beautiful. She's beautiful, Absolutely. right? And then I'm she has way up. <laughs> she, and then she has all those berries in between, yeah, right? Those cool. lovely things yep. that when you eat the Chantilly cake, it's kind of juicy. Yeah. Now tell me, what is one thing that you would say about your wife that makes you see her as an empowered woman? You said she's beautiful. She's sweet. Yeah, yeah. So tell us something that she's done. So you you mentioned strength, and I think that one, like to me, 
touches like it hits home for me with my wife because when I met her like her background and my background are very different so like mm -hmm. I grew up in middle class uh had both my parents together um not really a lick of drugs or alcohol in her life mm -hmm. um I grew up in church mm -hmm. my wife on the other hand she grew up in a divorced home mm -hmm. um experienced a lot of uh, uh drug abuse mm -hmm. um and just went through a lot of pain um, as a woman and um, you know I'd been had been uh, hurt by men um, you know and, and, and used and stuff like that and so I think when when I met her you know she had already been impacted by the Lord Jesus had completely touched her because she would describe herself as a little G hmm. she was just she was a little gangster I mean she she knew how to she knew how to fight she knew how to you know she knew how to brawl she knew how to do all that kind of stuff but then like when Jesus touched her um, Jesus just put inside of her his heart, his spirit. Um, but she didn't, it's not like she lost the ability to be strong. She just mm. learned how to reposition that mm -hmm. in Christ. So like the best way I could describe it would be like, you know, we, we, we see strength and sometimes we say, well, somebody's strong for just being strong. Like strength isn't there just to have strength. Strength is there for you to know how to use it. You know, it's like Yeah, 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 absolutely. And if you're, if you're going to have strength, I, mean, I describe it as I'm in the hands of my father. Mm -hmm. And my father, Father God, has the ability to crush me. Mm -hmm. He does. I mean, he's yeah. just, he's all powerful. Yeah. He's God Almighty. Yep. But as a father, because of his character, he doesn't. The hand that could crush me holds me. Amen. And it's the same thing for my wife. She could destroy me in two seconds. She is like she's that kind of strong. She knows how to she knows how to you know live life on her own if she wanted to, but she chooses to take that strength and apply it to being an amazing mother, mm. uh, to being a, a powerful wife. Um, she does ministry with me. Mm. She's not on the side. Like like we actually met doing ministry. We Amen. met Amen. going out into the streets Amen. and loving on people. So. She's just she's actually learned how to channel that strength mm -hmm. uh, for the gospel and for Jesus, and Amen. so that's 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 why she's strong. That's why she's powerful. Is because she knows how to use it. She knows how to use yeah. it. So, in other words, what you're saying is that she wasn't just born strong. So somebody said, right, empowered women are not just born strong; they are made. No, yeah, the experiences we go through as yep. women strengthen us and empower us to do the things that we do. Yep. Now, I have a theory. Okay. Um, when God made man, he yeah. made man from the dust, right? Yeah, he when he was going to make the woman, he yeah. made her strong for the challenges ahead. Mm. She was made to be a game changer, yeah. as it were. She Absolutely. was made to be a helper, suitable for the man, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so God was intentional when he selected the material this woman was made yeah. for, bone. from. Bone. It just bone, yeah. Bone doesn't crumble easily. No. That is empowerment. That's, That's strength. Really awesome. Tell me, to give me, share with me your thoughts on that. Yeah. Um, so, so I'll, I'll tell you just, I, the, I could describe a story. Um, so I, I really felt like the Lord had called me and my wife and my family, which was my daughter at the time. And my wife was pregnant with our son. I felt like he had called us from Colorado Springs to move to Omaha, Nebraska. Well, Omaha, Nebraska, my wife was not hearing that from the Lord at all, at all. Um, and, and there, this was, this created a very interesting conundrum for us because she, um, 
she was like, I need to honor you as the, as my husband and as the leader of my family, but I know the Lord isn't saying this. In fact, I found out after we had moved to Omaha, and, and I'll wrap this all together, but when we were moving <laughs> there, she said she literally heard the Lord say, don't worry, I will bring you back home. Amen. And she took that word, and she didn't beat me over the head with it. She didn't even tell me the word. She kept that and cherished it in her heart, much like how Mary, you know, uh, she would cherish mm-hmm. the things in her heart mm-hmm. about Jesus. Mm-hmm. And these were things, like my wife has learned how to cherish words from the Lord in her heart and to trust that the word is true um, and and to still do it in honor and like so long story short in within seven months of us moving to Omaha everything had gone to hell in a handbasket I mean it was wow. the the job had fallen apart uh, my, my daughter was sick every month it was wow. just a really bad situation and so we we finally we just made the decision to go ahead and move back to Colorado Springs but during that time my wife was, in essence, like a backbone during the midst of everything going wrong. I mean, I was being threatened. My job was being threatened every mm. month. Mm. And she was having to deal with that while also dealing with the daughter that wasn't feeling well. And on top of that, get this. So my wife is a big-time home birth. She loves home birth. We had our daughter at home. It was wonderful. But when we moved to Nebraska, and I knew this when we moved, which shows how little I understood my identity, was that when we moved Omaha, it's illegal for you to have a home birth. So oh, wow. she had to have a hospital birth. And hospitals, she did not like having babies in hospitals. Just and, and, and it was just more so for her. It just scared her. And so she actually went and had our son in a hospital hmm. and overcame a tremendous fear and had a supernatural childbirth with our son in a hospital in the midst of what was what would have been utterly it would have destroyed me talk about dust i would have wow. like i'd have fallen apart because that oh i couldn't be in control all these and my wife literally came in as a daughter of the king she she had her baby our baby and then within i think it was like 6 hours she was signing papers and leaving the hospital i mean she is wow. amazing in every way and then we moved back to colorado springs and not once did she take any of the things that she had heard from the Lord or the truth and rub it in my face. Mm. And it just proved to me like like she has been a consistent strength and, and, and backbone for our family. Even when things hit the fan or when they just go wrong or they go south, she just has this consistency with the Lord that I know I can count on. Even when things are, are nuts in my life. And, and she's, she has proven that over and over and over. So when you're talking about bone and dust... Um, there was a reason that men needed that. We needed we needed that bone. We needed that thing that could cover us, um, and, and even protect us uh, from attacks of the enemy. Because she's I, she's a guardian for that. So. And I agree. Yeah. A lot of times you'll hear men say, "My wife has intuition." Mm. It's because the spirit of God has deposited something in them. Yeah. To help their husbands yeah. with. You hear people say behind every successful man there is a woman, right? Because the woman typifies strength. Yeah. And she's standing with him and standing by mm-hmm. him and supporting him all the way. Now, you're married to an empowered woman. You know she's empowered. Absolutely. How do you support her? Because in this day and age, in this generation that we are in, mm-hmm. the tendency is for men to say, oh, she's just a woman. Mm-hmm. She only needs to be seen and not heard. What does that even mean? I, I don't even, I hate that stuff. That bothers me so much. It does. It just gets under my skin. Cause it's like, that's such an arrogance for you to think that you can do life alone. That's mm. really what it is. Okay. It's like when a man does that, he's saying like, I can do life without you. 
Mm-hmm. And then my question is like, then why she's there? Why is she there? Why did you choose to love her? Why did you choose to marry her? Mm. If she's just supposed to exist, then what's your problem? Like, what, 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 why did you include her in your life? Did you need a cheerleader? Because if you needed a cheerleader, then go get a Facebook page, and you'll have a hundred people who can cheerlead you. True. Um, you know, you don't need to have a woman who's going to pour her entire life into you. Um, you know, I, I, I had a man sit me down one time, and he explained to me what a husband and a wife were, um, and, and, and he understood, like, Hebrew language, so I, I respected his opinion. And, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. he talked about men actually being defined at, when we talk about husband as being a scout, someone who goes ahead, mm. someone who goes forward. Mm-hmm. It's not meant in a domineering form. It's that, like, you asked, how do I support? I support my wife, and I support her as an empowered woman by knowing my role. Wow. If I know my role, then I can support her in her role. That's powerful. And I can actually lift her up in her role. And I'm not trying to dominate her in her role. I'm not trying to take over her role. And I'm not diminishing her role. Because I know what I need to do. I know what God has called me to do as a husband. And so this whole idea of a scout was that I'm called to get on my knees and pray for my family and go out into battle against the enemy for the sake of my family. Amen. That's my job. And so my job is to go out, to seek out, to go, up, to go forward. That's what it means to lead my family. Mm-hmm. But my wife's role, which is very different than mine, and I need this role, yes. is that he would dis- uh, the, this man who's describing the, the Hebrew language uh, for these two words, husband and wife, is that when the scout would come back home, he needed a covering. Mm. And wife meant covering. covering. And so, like, if, if you think of it as, as when the scout comes home and you have the covering over you, she, her role is to cover me as a husband, to pray over me, and to make sure that, like, I am covered and anointed in prayer and surrounded with support. But at the same time, if you can get the imagery of this, that when I came home and the covering is over me, if something is over me, now it's my job to push up and support the thing that is over me. Amen. So that is my that is my when I come home, I push up and I support her. So like we're in a constant space of of covering and pushing and covering and pushing and covering and pushing each other so that we're that we're harmonious. Uh, uh, there's a scripture in Deuteronomy that talks about one can thwart a thousand, but two, two ten thousand. And I had a pastor who was from Zimbabwe who was my mentor and he told me he said, "Nick, in the kingdom of God, it is not simple addition. Mm. It is exponential. Amen. He said, when, you, when, when a man and a woman come together and they know their roles, they know who they are, it, it, their impact for the kingdom of God is not addition. It's not, I can, hit, I can affect a thousand, mm. I can affect a thousand. Mm-hmm. It's, we will now together affect, affect 10,000. 10, so when the spirit of God comes into a marriage or comes into that relationship, it really comes to that place in which we are both operating from identity. We both know our role. Mm -hmm. And when we know our role, when I know mine, I can support her. When she knows hers, she can support me. And we're constantly in that cycle of supporting and loving each other so that neither one of us feel like we're being dominated or controlled. And and I'll just, a little thing on control. I I find that control is the root of a lot of the issues. And and actually below control is fear. Mm. So like when you don't know... Like when you're not confident in your identity as a man, you don't know who you are in mm-hmm. Christ, you don't know your role, mm-hmm. you will then operate out of fear towards your wife and you will wow. try to control her wow. because you will try to control what you fear. 
But perfect love casts Cast out, out fear. fear. So the only way to deal with that is I have to allow the Father to bring perfect love into my heart as a husband and say, I need you, Lord, to break off the lies that I have believed about my wife wow. that make me fearful of her and make wow. me fearful of her role and help me understand who she is in you so that I can support that. And out of that love, now I'm not trying to control her anymore. And, and for me and my wife, we, were, we met supernaturally. We were engaged four days after we met. We were married four months later. So wow. we both heard the, the Spirit of God. Quick. This is your husband. This is your wife. Yeah, we move <laughs> forward. Like, we're not going to drag this out. But with that came a lot of challenges because we had to figure all of this out together when we were married and in covenant. We couldn't figure this out in a dating phase. Mm. And we joked, but had we not figured this out, out in covenant, we probably would have never gotten married because we would have freaked each other out. We mm. would have been afraid. And, and again, that fear of each other produces the need to want to control, control. each other. Control. So you got to start with get rid of this fear by allowing the love of the Father to impact your heart towards your spouse. Mm -hmm. And then once the love of the Father impacts you, and, and it's not a, um, okay, I'll change once she changes. Mm. It's not, oh, I'll do it once she adjusts. Mm. Like, like So as you take the lead as the man. Absolutely. And, and, and what's beautiful is my wife takes the lead as the woman. We both Amen. do it at the same time. Amen. We're both competing to take the lead in how we love one another. And when you do that, it's crazy how quickly you can end a lot of the fear and control and disputes and aggression towards one another when you just go, we're both going to race to the foot of our to the feet of our father, and we're going to try to beat the other person there. Amen. It's just, it, it's really cool. It's something. It's beautiful totally because as you're talking to me, I'm, I'm thinking of the empowered woman is a woman who gives of herself. Mm -hmm. She ministers to everybody. She's like a pitcher. And yeah. then she pours and pours and pours and pours because of the strength in her, because of the love that she has. She's one that pushes people to go on. She encourages you to keep going because yeah. she's empowered. She knows who she yeah. is. Yeah. She's found her purpose. She knows that this is what the Lord has called me to yeah. do, to stand by this man, to help this man, to support yeah. him, to be the backbone, to be the covering. When you think of the Proverbs 31 woman, yeah. Yeah. she does a lot. A lot. She does a lot. What does this guy do? All he does is <laughs> he sit, sit in the gate <laughs> with, the, gate with, with the man. But if, if he wasn't comfortable, mm. if he wasn't being taken care of by this empowered woman, he wouldn't be able to he sit in the gates, yeah. right? Yeah. He would be putting out fires in the house. But she's there. She's taking care of the home, taking care of the maids. She's yeah. being kind to people, feeding the poor, yep. making sure everything is good so that the man can fulfill destiny. Yeah. Now, when God said in Genesis chapter 2 that it is not good for the man to be alone, yeah. he knew this man needed help. He yeah. couldn't do everything by himself. Right. So why <laughs> do we have that struggle? You said it's fear. Mm -hmm. What are you going to say to that woman who is struggling in her marriage? Yeah. She knows she's an empowered woman, or maybe she doesn't even know. Yeah. She's dealing with the issue of control, mm -hmm. the man doesn't realize he's operating out of fear, right? He yeah. just thinks, I'm the husband. I need to show her I'm the husband. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. And so he's trying to oppress her, as it were. Yeah. What would you say to that empowered woman? How would you encourage her to not give up? Yeah. Because the empowered woman is created for a purpose. Yeah. Eve was created for a purpose. Mm -hmm. Her purpose was to help the man, right? 
our purpose as empowered women is to help the people in our lives, our husbands, our children, our siblings, uh, you mm, know, yeah, yeah. the people you work with sometimes. What would you say to that woman to encourage her yeah. not to give up? Well, and, and I need to make sure I specify too that like, so I never condone abuse and I don't think you do either. So no, like if, if you're in an abusive relationship, this isn't for th this, this type of woman. Like if you're being like physically harmed, um, sexually harmed, like this is not like that, that is a totally different situation. Mm -hmm. This might be where, again, people are operating out of fear. That's, that's more so what we're going to tackle here. Mm -hmm. Um, you mentioned that a woman, an empowered woman is like a pitcher and she mm -hmm. pours out and pours and pours. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I constantly think of uh, Psalms 23 that talks about my cup overflows. Oops. And I'm reminded that we operate as believers from the overflow. Mm -hmm. We don't operate from the cup. Um, and that's something that we sometimes miss mm. because uh, we've been taught to operate from the cup. Mm. Pour yourself out, pour yourself out, pour. Mm. And then you get to mm. a point where you're tired yes. or you're beat and you go, oh man, I got to go back, back to prayer. I got to go back to church or I got to do something to get filled back up again. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and, but what I find interesting is if you have a cup and you're pouring water into that cup yes, and that cup begins to overflow mm -hmm. and you stop pouring into that cup it has stopped being a overflowing cup. It has now become a full cup. Yep. And that's now, it's changed its definition now. Now it's a different type of cup. So like when we as believers are operating, so specifically with empowered women, if you're feeling tired, if you're feeling really run down, maybe the man doesn't really understand his role, he doesn't understand his identity, and he's operating from fear or even just that orphan mentality, Number one, do not look to your husband to fill your cup. Amen. Okay? So, like, I don't look to my wife to fill my cup. Mm -hmm. My cup overflows because of my time with Jesus. Amen. So, like, if you're tired, it's probably because you stopped operating from the overflow mm. and you're operating from your cup. And you stopped allowing something to pour into you. Amen. Well, the only one who can pour into you, and this is Jesus speaking, he said, if anyone is thirsty, come, he to, come me. to me and he will never thirst again. So, like, if you're in that dry spell, like, as an empowered woman, knowing your identity, or maybe even you've heard this phrase, but, but the world has so twisted what empowered means that you're just trying to strong arm everything in your home, mm -hmm. that it's time to go back to the quiet place and Amen. spend time with him. Amen. Spend time with Jesus. Worship Amen. him. Praise him. Glorify him. Like, if you have 10 minutes, because a lot of women go, well, I don't have time. I get that. I really do. Like, like I, I work full-time, go to school full-time, pastor a church full-time, and have a family full-time. I don't have time. Mm -hmm. But what I realized was, okay, I could get up 30 minutes earlier. True. I could get up an hour earlier in the morning. Or I could stay up 30 minutes later. Or my kids take a nap during this window. we got to start getting creative with what we're doing with our time. And, and if you even just paid attention to how much time you spend on Facebook or oh, Instagram and that kind of stuff. Tell me about it. Exchange that time for time with Jesus, who is your water, who is your bread. And if you're feeling dry, if you're feeling unsustained, go back to the one who wants to pour into you every single day. And then we have to then from that space learn to commune with him every day. So an empowered woman who's doing everything that a Psalms 31 woman, or a Proverbs 31, 31 woman would be doing. I heard John, uh, uh, there's a man named John G. Lake. Mm -hmm. um, oh, yeah. Oh, amazing testimonies. Yes, yes. He said that he worked as a, uh, like a financial kind of manager for a group of people. And when he worked with these guys, he knew he wanted to be in ministry. But the Lord had opened the door for him to do business. 
So he said what he learned to do is in the midst of his business, in the midst of things that were busy, he learned to commune with the Lord in his spirit. Amen. And so throughout his day, he didn't have the freedom to just step away and go be with the Lord. He was managing like hundreds of thousands and millions of dollars at a time for, for people that were investing in his ability to manage their money. He didn't have time to go and step away from that. Mm-hmm. So what he learned to do was in the midst of my busyness, I commune with him and I commune with Jesus. So what does that mean? That means that even the way he handled his money and the money of the others started coming from overflow. Mm. So an empowered woman doesn't try to operate from her cup and you're not going to go to the overflow just for yourself. You recognize that the only space you're going to be able to be a good mom and a powerful wife and someone who, who's making an impact in the world is from the overflow. So when you spend time with him and you do that throughout your day and you commune with him, maybe it's just breathing for a second and just praying in tongues if you got to do that. But if you're doing that with him, now everything in your life is now being done from the overflow. And you're not feeling this burden of, I got to give, 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 and no mm. one will give to me. True. And when it comes to a man who is, who, you, who is not operating from his identity, I want to make sure that I clarify this. Um, my wife learned um, very quickly how stubborn I am and how ignorant I am as well. And she spent more time than I understood praying for me. Wow. More time seeking the Lord on my behalf. Hmm. Because it, it's different when you're praying for like a friend or a family member than praying for the one that you are one with. Yes. So like when she was interceding with the Lord and she would pray to the Lord on my behalf, she's essentially praying for herself. True. Because we're one. Yes. So like what started happening is, is the Lord would start speaking to me mm-hmm. and it would either be just he would impact me in the middle of my day and just suddenly he'd show up. Because that, because I wasn't giving him the time of day, and he just show up. Or there'd be other times where it was like I would be seeking him in the quiet place, and he would say things in my spirit. I'd tell my wife, and she'd go, "Oh, thank God, I've been praying for that for three months." And it was just funny because I just never realized how she was actually seeking the Lord on my behalf. And it taught me; it was an example to me mm. of selflessness. Yeah. And suddenly, I looked at my life and said, "I'm pretty selfish." And so the comparison then came in in which I went, I need to learn to be more selfless like my wife. And so when you are an example for your husband and you're demonstrating what it means to be in a relationship with him and you're not trying to control him Mm. to make him change because you can't make anybody change. That's true. But you were demonstrating what it meant to be in relationship with the father through Jesus. As an empowered woman. You're literally... The, you, are, you are the example for your husband. You are the example for him. And that's true empowerment. That's true empowerment when you it's know who you strength. are and you actually influence him mm. through your overflow. Because, yes. I mean, put a cup on a table and start pouring water into it. It begins to overflow. Where does the water go? Everywhere. everywhere. It goes. You can't control where it goes. It literally flows out. It affects everything around you. And so the same thing for your husband. You guys happen to be right next to each other Mm. so like when you overflow as an empowered woman and you're and you're operating from a place of overflow your husband's gonna get wet he's gonna get impacted by true you it's impossible for him to not be impacted and and staying in that space of not not needing his response to dictate how you respond to the lord is empowerment it is empowerment, and it's the same for men as well when we learn how to seek the lord and actually allow him to pour into us and he defines our relationship 
and I'm not doing that based off of how my wife is responding to mm. it. Oh, my wife's not responding, so I'm going to stop praying. Oh, that's dumb. Wow. Like who? Like, but we do it all the time. All the time. And so empowerment says, I know who I am. I know who my Father is, and that I can come boldly before His throne I'm with every request, listen. every petition, because Jesus knows who I am, and He knows exactly what I'm like because He became like me, flesh and blood, and Amen. and He can empathize with me. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Thank you so much, Nick, yes. for sharing. So one thing we can agree on is yeah. that the empowered woman is a strong woman. Powerful. She knows who she is. And then as a believer, she knows who she is in Christ. Now, it doesn't matter whether you are married, whether you are single, whether you are widowed. Yeah. Knowing who you are is what the empowerment is all about. Um, on this podcast, I've talked about the empowered woman is created strong from the point of view of scripture, from the point of view of the material that God intentionally used when he was making the woman. Mm -hmm. So when we think of that, when you look back and you say, oh, this is how God made me, it behooves you to now begin to walk in that strength. Yes. And that is true empowerment. Yes. And so I want to encourage you, my friends out there, listeners to this podcast, to look inward and look at where you're coming from. You were made strong. We just listened to a man who's married to an empowered woman, and he's told us how she operates. I hope this podcast will encourage you to not react to your spouse, to your siblings, to whoever you know God has put in your in your lives, but to learn to look up and look inward into yourself and draw strength from within and from Him to be the empowered woman that God has called you to be. Thank you again, Nick. Thank you. Appreciate you. Appreciate your thoughts on the empowered woman. And I, I hope we can have you come on again someday yeah. soon. Maybe even your wife. Yeah. Come talk oh, to us about man. the empowered she's, woman. She's firebrand. She'd be awesome. I, Amen. I'd love to have her on. Amen. Yeah, she's awesome. Amen. Amen. We look Thank forward you. to that. Thank you again. Thank you, um, dear, dear podcast listeners, for joining us again tonight. We look forward to you joining us again. And I hope you have a good day. Bye.